When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was about to say welcome back, but it's not really welcome back, is it? It's welcome to episode one of the Hour Cricket Podcast. Why did I pause? The Hour Cricket Podcast. Um, I've got I've got Joe. Joe's hosting. Hi, Joe. Hello, Dan. Yeah, this is oh. this is new ground. How are you? All right. I'm very well, thanks. And yourself? I'm good. I'm good. For those of you that can't see, Joe's rocking a cracking pair of red headphones, and I mean they're a vibe. I like the fact that you've gone for the t-shirt to match as well. Well, see, it's red for roof day, isn't it? The test today on this day that we're recording. So I thought it was only right for me to get my best red headphones and something that was red that also resembled support for England. And I only have an England football shirt, so I don't have any don't have any cricket stash, which is actually very surprising. I see. I've heard other things. I've heard you've got plenty of cricket stash. Maybe just not red stuff at the moment. Yeah, I do. I do have a lot, but no international gear because I just, well, because it's one of those, isn't it? Like when you're a player, you don't want to like buy the stash because obviously your aspiration is always to play for England. Like you could ask anyone that around the country. My my brother buys the stash. My brother's basically bought out the England shop I reckon like every time I see him he's got a new he's got a like a new hoodie or a new polo or something I'm like you're a badger but that's okay we're all badgers it's a safe space it's a safe space you're allowed to be a badger and I think the thing is 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 obviously you're you're part of this world now but I've never not been able to turn around and say oh no I'm, I'm definitely not a badger like at the end of the day like I've made a career over the last couple of years of making content about cricket like I can't like, I can't not sit here and kind of go, nah, nah, it's definitely not me. Like, I'm way too cool to get that kind of tagline. Like, uh, it's just there. And you're part of it now, so welcome. Yeah, well, thank you more than anything else. I mean, I guess you could both say that we both kind of get paid for being badgers. Essentially, yeah. Essentially. I mean, you're, 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 you're a much better badger than I am. I think that is well worth kind of adding in there. And I think we need to, we, we need to kind of give people a bit of an idea as to who you actually are as well. Because will, obviously we've, we've tagged you in all of this stuff and, and there'll be people that have clicked on you and they've kind of gone, ah, okay, so that's who Joe Gardner is. But there will be some people that have been really lazy and they've just listened to this and they've kind of gone, ah, they've not checked Twitter out or checked Instagram out. But who are you? Who am I? I mean, yeah, that's a nice build-up, I guess. Um, basically, I, wasn't, I didn't I... give you any kind of build-up, did I? That was really bad. No, so I'm a professional cricketer playing for the Sunrisers, which is like the women's regional domestic um, competition. So there's a couple of competitions. There's a Rachel Hayhoe Flint Trophy and also the Charlotte Edwards Cup. And Sunrisers is one of the eight regions to participate in that. And I've been full-time professionally contracted since pretty much since its inception, which was the COVID year of when Sunrisers and this regional competition was essentially established so 
August 2020, I think, was like our first game in the Rachel Hayhoe Flid Trophy. And since October 2020, yeah, I've been a full-time pro. So I'm in currently in the fourth year of my or my fourth season, third third year as a full-time pro, which is pretty cool. Um, I also played in the KSL, which I guess was the previous stepping stone to the women's, I guess, international game, because that was all there was, a semi-professional domestic competition that was played between kind of six franchises. Um, so I played a little bit in that for Loughborough Lightning, and that's kind of my, my cricketing background most recently, I would I would guess. Also like to do a bit of commentary, which is how pretty much how me and you met at the mighty Wantage Road. What for a place. North and Steelbacks. Um yeah, and I really enjoy that. So that's probably kind of me and my my cricket. Our that's cricket. a really that hey, I know, right? That that well, that's the idea, the fact that this is this is meant to be a community. Um, and like it, like nobody really owns this sport, do they? And this is going to start sounding quite deep, but but I think it's quite important that kind of cricket is for everybody. And we're not going to go into that report that's come out of late, but it's kind of echoes that kind of thing. And it, it is for everybody, and it is for everybody to enjoy. But you said about like paths crossing at, at Wantage Road, um, like really, really quite strangely, wasn't it? And I couldn't tell you what year it was. Like I really could not tell you as to how long ago it was. But went to Loughborough to kind of muck around making a video with the batting lab people not batting bat lab. fast bat fast those guys and um like made some content with them and and then obviously you were studying at loughborough at the time weren't you and i think you just rocked up and or were you invited down i can't really remember i can't remember but you but just turned up and just like slapped it all over the place and just kind of went all right yeah she's quite good then <laughs> It went something like that. I don't, yeah, like you say, I don't actually remember how it came about, but I was just down there basically testing out the equipment and mm. seeing if it was any good. And obviously they've gone on to do quite well, haven't they? So I guess, I, yeah, like being part of that was quite cool because it was like, yeah, just want to test out this new stuff, like new machines and that, see if they work. And then you were there making some, making some content back in the day. And then that was how... Yeah, I couldn't tell you when that was. 2017, no, no maybe? Idea. It honestly could Gosh. have been. Yeah, I don't know. And then quite literally kind of never... I don't even think paths got close to crossing and then kind of stood there eating some chicken because it's always chicken at Wantage Road. It's lovely chicken, I will say, but chicken at Wantage Road is definitely the the, the choice on the menu. And uh, yeah, and then we had some fun with the blast, which was really good. So hopefully, hopefully, and I'm sure it will be, this, this podcast going forward will just be, it'll just be good fun. We'll definitely kind of do some bits where we'll try and get some questions in from people as well. Um, and we'll just go through, we'll, we'll pick out like a couple of big to topics in the week when we get to record, just have a chat through. Obviously, not only are you a professional cricketer, but like you are a, a massive fan as well. So you've obviously got that kind of insight as to, oh no, this is why Ben Stokes declared at that point on day one, because as a fellow professional, you can share that insight. But then also... There's the fan aspect of it as well to turn around and kind of say, well, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but actually, like maybe they'd have batted a little bit longer. So that's kind of the idea of it. That's the whole plan. But in terms of your season so far, we'll talk about you first because you you do proper cricket. Um, so we'll talk about you first before we start talking about my stuff on a Saturday. But how has it gone so far? I know you've you've kind of hurt your hand that you're on your way back in recovery from but apart from that how's it been 
Yeah, you know, it started off really well as a team. So we went on a little pre-season trip to Desert Springs, which was quite exciting because it was something that we kind of fed back to our staff with last year, saying how important we felt it was to, to get away as a group and, and have some proper outdoor preparation and play competitive games against some of the other regions, which was really cool. We were only there for a few days, but we managed to get kind of four games in. We won all of those games. So that was like a really good starting point for us, really, as a team. We came back, played a couple more warm-up games, I think, two or three, which was actually quite remarkable considering how wet it was in April. And it almost seemed like we were the only region that were managing to get games in at that at that stage. So, yeah, yeah kudos to all the, the ground staff and the grounds that we played at because we managed to get some decent cricket in, which was, I guess, super important for our prep. And we rocked up down at the Aegeus Bowl for the first game of the season against the Vipers, who, for those that don't know too much about the women's regional structure and kind of the... the, the They're not franchises, but the teams, basically. Southern Vipers, yeah. they're one of the teams that have been around since the very start of the KSL. So as... As a kind of following, as a unit, they've been about since 2016, I think, the first year of the KSL was. So they've got quite a big following. And they've been very successful. Won plenty of trophies. Um, lost in the final of the Rachel Hare Flint last year. Recently just won their second Charlotte Edwards Cup out of three. So very, very good team. Anyway, rocked up at the Aegeus Bowl. And we ended up beating Vipers by... 126 runs which I think sent out a bit of a message to say look we're sunrisers we're here because historically we've struggled a lot we haven't won many games of cricket we're a team that's been coming together and developing but within the camp we obviously know how good the talent is um and Obviously, we had that momentum from pre-season and, yeah, rocked up at the Aegeus Bowl, beat the Vipers by 126 runs. We were thinking, yes, right, come on. Host. This is Absolutely this is the host year. the Vipers. Absolutely host the Vipers. Like, in their, I think they call it the snake pit. I've got some friends in the Vipers, so, I mean, if they listen to this, then, yeah. They call, it, they call the Aegeus Bowl the snake pit or something because they're called the mm-hmm. Vipers. Anyway, beating them at home was, like, massive. Like, so good for team morale. There are a few tears after the game, like, so proud of you guys and everything you've done from some of the coaches. Like, it was great. Like, shows how passionate everyone is. Anyway, since then, we haven't won a game. So it's been really tough. Um, And it doesn't matter what level of cricket you play at. Losing is just not fun. And when you've kind of been through what we've been through as a team over the past few years. It It's really, yeah, it, it, it's really tough. Um, I don't think you can ever question any of the team's efforts at all. It's just because we don't necessarily know how to string wins together, you, the, people talk about it a lot, don't they? Winning becomes a habit as much as losing becomes a habit. So actually winning those big moments in crunch games when it matters when points are on the line prolifically we haven't been very good at that and yeah yeah, we had a bit of a rough t20 competition like 
it's obviously glimpses of, of stuff that's gone well, but unfortunately, we, the only, no, yeah, we lost every game with the Charlotte Edwards Cup, um, and in the Hey Ho Flint, we've obviously won that first game, we had a game rained off, so we've played five, I think we're on six points, or something yeah. like that, but the beauty of it is, this year, we've got so many games compared to to what we've had in previous years and that's all because of the funding and, and kind of where the game's going I guess to briefly touch on that so we've got we've had five games of the Hey Ho Flint then we had the block of the T20 which was the Charlotte Edwards Cup and then this weekend we have another five games of start, starting this weekend we have another five games of the Hey Ho Flint break for the 100 and then four games at the back end of the season so plenty of time left which is good for us Yep. Um, and I guess also in that, just a little honourable mention to three of our girls that have been picked up in the England A series. Um, this, you know, playing... you know, like when you, um, you know, when people phone in for like a radio game show and they kind of go through the thing and they've 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 done what they've needed to do and then the person's gone. Is there anybody you'd like to say hello to? And then they go on to kind of say, well, I'd want to say hello to my mom and my dad and and Brian. He lives next door. He's always listening. This is one of those moments, isn't it? absolutely is um it's, it's it's affording them the credit they deserve i think more than anything so grace scrivens eve gray maddie villiers they they'll be representing england day um over well tomorrow so they played yesterday they lost yesterday against australia a so basically england england day and australia a women they're having their own little kind of can you call it mini ashes i don't know something like that don't actually know yeah, if a, there's any a trophy. Ashes, ashes a trophy i don't know yeah, there's the mashes, the washes, the yeah. ashes. Hey, we, we could definitely that. have another. We could have another one. Why not? <laughs> yeah, no harm in it. So yeah, they've they've got um they've they've been picked for the England Day series against Australia. A. So unfortunately, we're missing them heading into the first round back of the Hey Ho Flint Trophy. But very good for them. Good good to see that they they're kind of seasons and, and talents getting recognised and also Grace captain in that side at 19 is phenomenal and just a sign of things to come for her especially um, so yeah a little honourable mention for them yeah no for sure but I guess that's that's my season round up so far um, so yeah how's yours been I mean I've heard a few things when we've caught up on comms and yeah, and I mean, anytime I do well, I put a tweet out, and anytime I don't, I won't bother. So it's kind of one of those things. Um, I think, like, just just to kind of say about what you said about the the losing side of it, it's it's kind of a really hard habit to get out of, or it can be. Um, and I played I played one season for a team, and and I'm not by any way, shape, or form kind of insinuating that this is the case at, at the Sunrisers, but there were so many people in that team that that for me anyway, I kind of looked at and it, it was a wider sports thing. And it was more kind of a case of like, I look at you guys and I don't know if you know how to win a game, if that, and I, I, and this was, this was for these, these guys. And it was almost like they would, they would get into moments and all of a sudden you'd end up kind of going, oh, okay, we've lost again this week then. And you'd, you'd be like, 
all he had to do was just kind of just chill out a little bit. And actually, you would have done enough to get to where you needed to be. But because they hadn't actually had that kind of awareness or the the, the repetition or, or the confidence that they were going to go and do something well and win that game, it, it did become quite difficult. And it was quite a long old season, that one. But yeah, this one's not been too bad, which um, which... To be honest with you, it could be completely related to the fact that there's been no podcast through the start of this season, genuinely, because I'm actually, I think I'm averaging, I'm averaging 34 this year in proper cricket, which, which I will say isn't the, isn't the best in the world. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not going to sit here and kind of go, I should be in the men's ashes because I'm averaging 34 in Div 7 of the Sussex Cricket League. But like my average last year was 13. Um, I've got like two fifties this year, um, which is the first one in proper cricket as well. This is big um, strides. That's so, all I'm all I'm getting. Do you know what I mean? I'm I'm kind of sitting here and I'm I'm quite I'm enjoying myself for which which is nice. Like it's a really nice position to be in to turn up on a Saturday and kind of go. Actually, I'm I'm actually quite enjoying it. I'm opening the batting. I'm keeping wicket, which I mean might be kind of implied to say like it's my ball and you're not playing, but. It's fun. It's fun. I've only hit three sixes though, um, which I'm a bit disappointed oh, about. But you know, that's better than that's better than naught. That is something I always like to. Uh, I don't know if it's pride myself on, but what sixes? You know, just yeah, like I, I think I try and play it down a bit, but it's always a good thing to look at, isn't it? The old sixes column. How many have you hit this year? I genuinely wouldn't know without looking. Um, okay. Actually. Oh, no i wouldn't even know okay i was gonna say we'll find out and i'll give you a race until the end of the season which i think could be a little bit dangerous because because i i don't know if it gets a bit close at the end then i'm not convinced i'd trust myself not to like spend more time trying to beat your number of sixes than what i would actually to try and kind of do good things but i suppose if it worked it would kind of work out to be a good thing both ways wouldn't it but yeah and i think that kind of mentality and way to go about it is just what we're seeing isn't it in 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 basketball so it's it's to be encouraged that positive brand of cricket trying to clear the ropes i guess i guess with you obviously starting the season so well at average 34 <laughs> if it if it gets to the point where you're too concerned with hitting sixes and you don't want to put your average yeah. into disrepute then that might be the uh, the battle that you're going through when you're standing there facing up to Dave running in off his long run. <laughs> oh, you say long run, it might be about twelve yards. <laughs> but no, no, you're right. And the thing is, as well, like I, I've, I'm, I'm a bit in kind of nosebleed territory with this season. Is the fact that I've never really had to kind of, and not that I am anyway, but, but I've never really kind of gone to myself. Oh, you know what? Like, I'm gonna have to score 35 this week in order to kind of do better than my average. And like for me, still 35 is still like an absolute bucket ton of runs that I haven't normally scored. So there's a little bit of a weird thing in my head on a Saturday at the moment. But it's yeah, I spend more time just trying to make sure that I'm watching it and then hitting it and <laughs> hoping that the person on the other side of it's not catching it. That seems to be the way I'm going so far this year. That's as simple as it needs to be, Dan. Like, you don't need to overcomplicate this game. It is as simple as watching the ball, hitting the ball, trying to send it as far as you can over people's heads and not get caught. I was trying to find your stats. I can't find them. Don't find them. That's just, I think, the moral. 
Okay. No, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. I must have hit one. This one. This, it's fine. Just start on zero. One. Give me a. Give me a three six head start. Okay. Okay. Fine. No, I'm joking. We can or do unless some you investigating. Spend... No, after after we finish recording <laughs> this, I will. I will try and dig into the uh, the stats chart and see how many I've actually hit in proper games because Deal. warm ups and friendlies just don't count, do they? Me, so. Well, no, but I'm not sure Div Seven cricket counts either. But we'll move, <laughs> we'll, we'll move swiftly on. We'll move swiftly on, and let, let's talk about the let's talk about the Ashes or the Mashes, um, because obviously we had the Women's Ashes Test as well that we'll chat through in a bit. Um, we're we're one nil down, which is well, it's a bit crap, isn't it? Really, um, it's not the best place to be in. We were in a really good position on day one. That that declaration came early i think would probably be fair to say hindsight's wonderful isn't it like it could have gone the other way around australia could have been two down on the end of day one and everybody would have been sitting and going ben stokes is the greatest mind ever to play cricket and it's the best declaration ever and basball's amazing and we love these guys but actually like it changed quite quickly didn't it to, oh we're not sure whether we're going through this kind of right thing and are they being a bit too brave? But anyway, we're 1-0 down. Australia looked good. And we're, what, 112 for one, 304 runs behind them at Lords. Have you watched much of the second test? I have. I didn't watch too much yesterday. But I, like, managed to get clips of the wickets and stuff. I was listening quite a bit yesterday on my travels. But I watched, like, the, the highlights of the week. Can we just assess that ball that Josh Tungbold to David Warner... Oh, my oh, word. Absolute, Absolute seed. seed. Like, there's just no other way to describe it. Like, no one is playing that. That's getting, that's getting everyone out. Um, yeah, I've watched, I've watched a little bit today. And, yeah, Crawley and Duckett were going along nicely, weren't they, till Crawley decided to run at Lyon. And... There's a yeah. tiny bit of glove work from Alex Carey, I must admit. No, it was strong. It was strong. I reckon, I reckon if we can get to the end of today, like, with the rate that we score at, yeah, like, two fifth, like 250 for three at, at, like, the standard minimum, like, don't lose any more wickets, but we can take, if we can get a few more runs, then great. Then we're doing okay, I think. Because this is vital, isn't it, this test match, really. It was very disappointing last week. Um, I must admit, when... Uh, when we got that wicket and Nathan Lyon came to join Pat Cummins at the crease last week when they needed, what was it, something like 70... It's still 70 or 80 to win, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was a long... It was a big partnership. It was it was massive. And I thought, no, this is it. We've done it. We don't, we don't need to worry. And then, what, about an hour later, it was Pat Cummins, Sellies everywhere all over down, at Bur- down in Birmingham at Edgbaston. So Yeah, the hollies were filled with tears, weren't they? Like, <laughs> but to be fair, they emptied really quick, which I didn't think was particularly great. Like the, the Aussies, they played so amazingly well and there, there were so few people left in the, in the ground afterwards once those kind of post-match things had done, almost as if everybody just copped a massive wobbly and just gone home early, which I thought was a bit... I thought that was poor, genuinely, from, from all of those those England fans. But... They do scare me a little bit, Australia. And I think particularly if we do end up 2-0 down here and, and chasing 416 in the first innings is going to be difficult to manufacture like a real positive result. And I'm not going to suggest that we're going to lose this one. But if if we are, the way that they play their test cricket and the team that they've got, it does become so difficult to get back into the series. 
and you look through that team and you kind of go, well, I could probably pick you a better wicketkeeper out of the world than, than Alex Carey. But the rest of them, genuinely, you kind of go, like, through, one through ten, they're, they're such a good team. Nathan Lyon annoys me. Not because, not, not for any other reason other than the fact that he's so good. Same as Steve Smith as well. Like, it's so boring watching Steve Smith bat, but he's so good. And it's really annoying that we have... Well, he scored, like... What's he scored? 30 hundreds or something in this thing. And he averages 60 and... It's, they're yeah, not. they're bonkers. They are, Before we started recording, I was just... Obviously, Lyon took that wicket, didn't he? And I think it's like 496 test wickets he's got. And they're basically saying how he he doesn't have like a, a douche He doesn't really change his pace too much. He just literally gets a bit of dip, top spin... And he's just so good at that. Like, he doesn't do anything funky. And it's just like, wow, you're just that good. And he's just happy being boring, being that good. Like, it just comes back to that that simplicity side of it, doesn't it? And yeah, Steve Smith, he he does irritate me. He does irritate <laughs> me. But at the same time, it's like fair play. Yeah. You move around however much you move around at the crease, but somehow your head is still at point of contact and you just score runs for fun. But yeah, they are they are a team that just keeps coming. They're very well-oiled. And we always knew that this was going to be Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum's biggest test as England's new leadership team, as it were. And what better place to... Put put those skills and everything like that under pressure against against the Aussies when they're as strong as they are, I guess. Yeah, I chatted with my dad last night about it, and and I did kind of say I said I said honestly, if we lost this series five nil, but like we stuck to this basketball mentality and we ended up with five lots of edge baston, it's gonna suck and it's gonna really hurt and it's gonna be so annoying going on Twitter and Instagram and everything else and looking at all these things from Australians telling us how good they are. And it's gonna really, really suck. But it's still probably gonna be better than when it was when Silverwood and Joe Root was in charge having like won one out of 18 test matches. Like, so honestly, I think it's a complete win-win. We could get hosed 5-0 and we'd probably still have a better time, which is the most ridiculous thing to say out loud about a sports team and like ever. But I still think like you sit there and you go, well, it's still good. Like we lost, but it was good. At least it was good. You know it's gonna you, you know it's gonna be entertaining with this England team, don't you? Like and it certainly yeah. kind of reignited my uh lust to watch Test cricket. Like whenever it's on, I'm like well like whenever this team's playing, I'm like Yeah. I'm I'm yeah. watching that. Like I don't know what's gonna happen next. It's it's gripping. And I think Ben Ben Stokes said it himself, didn't he? Something like we'd rather lose three two in a series yep. that everyone remembers than win three one in a series that no one remembers because we've just gone about our business. So they're very much down the. the and I, th- I I can't remember which player it might have also been Harry Brook. I was reading. I went to the 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 Island Test. Yes, yeah. And got the programme. And they had a few interviews with the players and stuff. I think it was Harry Brook. And he was saying that ultimately, like, they're in the entertainment industry to some extent. So it's like, why would 
we go away from that and not want to entertain. Obviously, they've had so much success over the winter tours of, of Pakistan and New Zealand. It'd be silly to let the Ashes get the better of them and, and the situation. And yeah, they don't want to go away from their strengths and, and entertaining the massive crowds that we're seeing and, and the reason why everyone suddenly becomes so so much more invested in this England team because ultimately it's the way that they're playing. Yeah, the, the entertainment thing's interesting, isn't it? Because cricket, cricket is full of old people um, and it's full of traditions and it's it's full of people that aren't particularly forward thinking uh, for the most part. Like there's some really good people working in cricket, but stereotypically you'd look at cricket and you kind of go, well, it's blokes in their 80s. They don't particularly like change and they're not that keen on it. And that line between sport and entertainment that used to be quite large like sport was a sport was sport and entertainment was entertainment but now when you look at it across all sport not just cricket then cricket's been slow to catch up let's be completely honest about it but that that kind of line is is really kind of merging and when you look at I, I don't know whether you watch any formula one but when you look at formula one as a sport in particular and when you start thinking about the fact that there's a grand prix in las vegas this year like that's entertainment. That's almost exclusively entertainment now as opposed to sport. And when you've got people like Will I Am doing like driver announcements and stuff, again, that's exclusively entertainment with obviously a bit of sport tagged on the back of it. Similar to what I think, is it rudimental, I think, are doing like the 100 final, I think, this year. Um, obviously, with all those various, like the Super Bowl, again, like Rihanna's halftime show at the Super Bowl. I think I don't think it was the most popular Super Bowl halftime show in the world, but like there have been like some ridiculous performances, and I think it shows that cricket is actually kind of waking up to the idea, the fact that people now want a little bit more for that kind of gate, uh, that gate price to come in. Yeah, definitely. Like y- your fans want that entertainment factor, that exciting spectacle element. Um, I think you alluded to like the hundred. You see, there's there's like resident DJ to each ground because to try and engage that slightly different crowd in the hope that I guess it is transferable to other forms of cricket, whether that's Test match cricket, whether that's the blast. But it's yeah, it, it's going the right way, and ultimately, sport is going that way. You, you like fireworks at almost every event, like. I'm a I'm a season ticket holder down at the Saints, Northampton Saints. And then I'm glad never... you said Northampton because otherwise <laughs> I'd have kicked off big time. Yeah, I mean who's gonna support Southampton since they got relegated to the championship? Absolutely suckers. <laughs> that's that's a big low blow to any Southampton football club fans. However, yeah, there's like fireworks before the games, like just just standard premiership rugby games, like that never used to happen. Yeah. Um like concerts on at different stadiums all the time now because it's a business like sport owners have like they need to keep their business going ultimately so they've got to try and get as much revenue as they can and if that's if 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 going down the entertainment line is, is going to bring more fans in and more revenue for the clubs then so be it okay big pressure joe this, this is the this is this is the main part of the thing, and I don't know. Maybe maybe we need to keep some kind of tally of this going forward. But what I've got here, you've got three lives to name the ten, the top ten active men's Test run scorers. You can Hit start me. whenever you want. You can start okay. with any 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 way you want. You, you doesn't you don't have to go in order, but you have got three lives, and you don't. You, I, I tell you what, because I'm feeling kind, you don't even have to give me the number of runs they've scored either. Just the names. 
Yeah, no, that would probably be a stretch too far. <laughs> okay, so I'll say Steve Smith. He's at two. Eight, nine, six, nine. Excellent. Kane Williamson. Uh, five. Eight, one, two, four. Joe Root. He's number one. 11,168. Coley. Three. Eight, four, seven, nine. Then we're going to go to Babarazm. Not That's on your the first list. That's your first life gone. Oh. First life gone. There's no Baba in the top ten. That's honking. It's not um, the best shout for your life. No, it could be better. Um, Warner. Warner's at four, eight, two, four, seven. So you got the top so you got five. Top five. Top five is complete. And there are some massive names. Six, three, ten. Pained me to say Warner, to be honest. Um, I feel like I feel like they're going to be really obvious, and I'm going to kick myself. And you're going to echo that, aren't you? Yeah. So quite okay. possibly, yeah. Um, there's got to be another England player in there. I would say. Oh, that's fine. Is Stokes in there? Stokes is at nine. Five, seven, five, six. It's got to be... There's got to be another Indian player in there. It just has to be. So we'll go with Pujara. Pujara makes the list at number seven, seven, one, nine, five. So you've got six, eight and ten to go. I'm actually quite pleased that I've got 70% with only one line left. <laughs> uh, there's got to be another Aussie. Um, oh, don't know if I can... I can't. I don't, I don't think I want to go with Labashane. Actually, no, I'm going to go with Labashane. You shouldn't have gone with Labashane. Oh! He's not there. He's not there. You, I tell you what, you are barking up the wrong Australia. There is no more Australians in this top ten. Okay. Are there any nations... Okay, can I have a clue? Are there any other nations that I haven't got? you got like, one here that... that you got one at number ten that's, that is very close to home. And then you've got... You've got two... You've got the other six and eight, I think you will... You know what? You'll kick yourself when you get them. When you hear them, you'll kick yourself. But they're two massive names. Like they've been around for ages. Okay. Uh, I reckon. Oh, I'm trying to think. It's like a. It's you like a memory left, test. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go with. Oh. I'm going to go with Pope. That's a horrible no. bad shout. Just poor. That's, that's a terrible... Just really po poor. Ollie Pope. Ollie Pope at the moment does not get near the list. At number six, you've got Angelo Matthews. 7218. I thought there would be a Sri Lankan. Number eight, you've got Dimuth Karunaratna with 6524. And at number ten, you've got Johnny Bairstow with 5580. Oh, I should have just... Yeah... To be, fair, to be fair, I reckon I don't reckon I would have got the Sri Lankans. 
So no, I I don't mind getting seven. Like it's better. Seven than out of ten is not bad. It's not bad. It's a good way to kick it off anyway. Hundred percent. I've got to find something to try and trip you up. Like hey, I, I'm keen. I'm keen. I'm I'm keen as Christmas. Women's Ashes Test though at Trembridge. That happened last week. And unfortunately, we got to talk about Australia winning another test match because they beat England by 89 runs. And Ash Gardner's got a magic arm because she took eight for absolutely nothing in the second innings, which is utterly, utterly ridiculous. I must admit, I didn't get to watch a great deal of it. I think I've spent most of June. When, I, when I've looked back through my diary this morning, I've spent most of, my, most of June either sat in Northampton or sat on the M25. It's been between those two places, and they are, they are kind of linked because I am on the M25 going to Northampton or coming back. So how did you think it, go, how did you think it went, first of all? And, and second of all, it's going to be like Australia are 4-0 up now. Uh, it's going to be tough to come back into that series. Yeah, the test match being worth four points in the in the multi format series is is big and a massive scalp for Australia more than anything. But I don't think you can get away from how entertaining it was, um, and and kind of what it says about English cricket and English test match cricket across both the men's and women's game in terms of where they're going. Uh, it's obviously brilliant that there were five days because. Ultimately, if it was a four-day test, then it would have been a draw. Had it, pan- uh, it probably would have panned out yeah. a little bit differently in terms of declarations, etc. But yeah, have, having a five-day test for the first time since I think nineteen ninety-two has got to be has got to be the right thing. You know, like the players are good enough to play over five days, and and they clearly showed that. But yeah, I think England scored their their biggest score against Australia, 414 in that first innings, or it might have been more than that. I can't remember exactly, but Tammy Beaumont, how well did she bat? Just breaking records. Sophie Eccleston, breaking records. Like Annabelle Sutherland, highest score for a number eight. Like so many records broken in that in that game. And what a way to start the series more than anything. Yeah, I think like for me, when I, when I look back at those previous test matches, I, I was always critical of the fact that it was only four days because it felt it felt really quite easy to get a draw out of a test match having played four days worth of cricket particularly in England as well because I mean you'd normally lose like a session because it rained at some point anyway and therefore you kind of end up you get even less than the four days to try and get so I'm glad and I think if I understand it right I think it was the players wasn't it that kind of said that they wanted those five days which which is amazing and I think it's the exact right thing to do even though looking back on it in hindsight if it was played over four days there's a great chance that England wouldn't have been four 0 down in this situation. However, they were they were pretty close at points in that test. Like it wasn't it wasn't a case of that they've been they've been hosed in this game. Like they they did really well to skittle Australia in that third innings and give themselves something over what four and a half sessions I think it was, wasn't it, to chase down two hundred and eighty from off the top of my head. So fantastic, yeah. Tammy Beaumont. Well, the point that you said about the records, I think, goes to show just how much women's cricket has improved in such a short period of time to have all of those records broken in one game like Tammy Beaumont I I did this research this morning but she's fifth on the list now with the highest scores of um in in women's test cricket at least Perry's third with 213 and that record I think is 242 which has stood since 2004 but if they play over five days like I don't think 242 is completely out of the equation to being kind of knocked off fairly sharpish anyway um at least Perry's 
probably too good to play test cricket. Though. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think there should be some kind of like mutual agreement here that that Elise Perry just isn't allowed to bat in test cricket. She averages seventy three. It's outrageous, isn't it? She's she's such a good player. Um, kind of had a bit of a. I think she she was going through a bit of a lean phase. Uh, prior to it dropped, it dropped from eighty. Prior, prior not in not in Test match cricket, but in in the other formats, which are obviously played a lot more frequently, it hasn't bowled as much and and probably hasn't hit the straps that she would have liked to in that. But yeah, there was definitely a lean phase I remember, and then she came back for a big bash one year and just absolutely smoked it. I can't remember if it was the most recent one, but she's such a good player, and I actually had the privilege of so in the twenty sixteen. KSL, which was the first year, she was at Loughborough Lightning alongside Sophie Devine and Danae Van Niekerk. And the head coach at the time, Sally Ann Briggs, who was our like uni coach, was like, oh, Joey, do you want to come and be a part of the environment and just train and, and see what a professional environment or semi-professional set's like? I was like, obviously, yeah. Like, how <laughs> cool is that? So I did a load of training with, with the girls and was around them for the duration of that time. And I vividly remember, prior to one of the games up at Loughborough, I went to the toilet and I came out of the toilet and Elise Perry stood there putting on her her zinc. And I was like, yeah. this is, I think this is one of those moments that you have to pinch yourself. Like, <laughs> she's always got the zinc on and she was stood there doing it. I was like, is Elise Perry putting on zinc? Like... And it sounds so silly and so stupid for me to say that on a podcast when I'm a professional cricketer myself, but these players are still like, like they've been at the forefront of the game since, easily since it, it was kind of a, 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 a thing I realised that I could take seriously in terms of cricket. Like, yeah, so being around Elise Perry, Sophie Devine, Danae Van Niekerk, unreal. Um, but yeah, Elise Perry, Test Match Cricket, End of the end of the yeah. sentence, isn't it? It's too easy. It's too easy. And one of the other ones as well that kind of finds this cricket lark quite easy as well. Well, actually, one thing before we start talking about Sophie Eccleston, isn't it the first time that someone scored like a double hundred and taken ten wickets in a match, and like they've still lost? I think it's particularly, it's certainly in women's cricket. I don't know whether that covers across both, but I can't believe if it doesn't cover both that it's happened many times in men's cricket that someone's like doubled up and then someone else has taken ten for. But like Eccleston as well. Like she is absolutely magic, and I'm guessing you would have faced her a fair. You you would have had opportunities to have faced her, I guess. Yeah, I've played against her a couple of. I haven't actually faced her as much as you might have thought. I've dealt, like probably only a couple of times over the past three years, because I guess with the international schedule, she's not always available to play for Thunder and other domestic sides and stuff. But yeah, I, I played her when we played them at Old Trafford. And she almost made me look very silly. Like I was struggling. And then I think I might have taken a few steps down the wicket and she's fired in a quick one. And I've managed to get bat on it, like squirted through my legs, come through for free. I was like, yeah, I'll just stand at the other end now. I'm on my bat. Someone else can deal with it. Um, but yeah, no, she, she's an absolute gun, isn't she? Although saying that prior to the Ashes was, was Charlotte Edwards Cup finals day as we touched on before. And Thunder had qualified. That was the first time they, they'd qualified for any finals day since the KSL days. Um, so again, they're not a team that's prolifically done well in these kind of domestic tournaments. However, they made their first finals day and were playing in the 
the semi-final eliminator, as it were, against the Vipers. And Eccleston went for 50 off her four overs. And I was commentating at the time. And I was like, <laughs> I could not tell you. I wouldn't have... I couldn't tell you how many times this would have happened in her career. Like, genuinely going at 12 and a half and over in a T20, completely unheard of. And, yeah, such a good player. Uh, Tess, 24 years old as well. Like, her record is outstanding. So, yeah, she's got another, at least another 10 years ahead of her and she'll be breaking many, many more records. No, it's mad, isn't it? It's absolutely mad. And then I, I said earlier, obviously Australia, are like in the point system, they're 4-0 up. There was four points for the test match and they've obviously picked up all four of them. And then you've got, there's 12 points left to play for. So you've got two points per white ball game going forward and there's three ODIs and three T20s to play. Being 4-0 down already with 12 left, it's, I mean, the obvious thing, I, I could say, oh, what do England need to do next? And I was like, well, they need to win, funnily enough. But, like, in order to... <laughs> this Australian team, they are genuinely so good. Similar to what we spoke about the blokes team earlier. Like, this this is a, an equivalent. Like, the women's team are strong. I know they're missing Meg Lanning, which is a huge kind of hole in that team to try and fill. But they're ridiculously good. England have probably got to win... So they're going to have to win two games to go level out of that, which is possible, completely possible. But the likelihood of Australia, they're, they're going to win, though. They're going to win games of cricket in there. Like, England are going to have to win... I think what, they have to win four? five... Out, I think they have to win five out of the six to win the Ashes. Because right. if it's four, oh, it's then, retained. They, then they'd retain it, Australia. Oh. But So they've got to win five out of six white ball games, which, yeah, against yeah. the best team in the world... It's going to be a stiff task. However, I guess at least with white ball, you always feel like you could still be in the game. Yeah, um, yeah. it's one of those, isn't it? But yeah, Australia's record speaks for itself. T um, Twenty World Cup champs, fifty over World Cup champs, similar to the England men's team. Um, I would, I would actually argue and say this, this, this phase and this team is one of the best teams in the world across all sport. I would, oh, yeah. I'll, I'll put it out there because, yeah, the strength and depth that they have, like, it, even looking at that, that test match the other day, when Elisa he it was obviously said after the game, wasn't it, that Healy had fractured a finger on both hands. Yeah. For her to come in at number eight is just an absolute outrage. And she scored 50 with a fractured finger on both hands. And yeah. standing standing captain, like, you can't underestimate how good that is. But yet, even in the first innings, Annabelle Sutherland coming in at eight. Now, I don't know if you know much about her, but she made her de- uh, Australia debut when she was, like, 18. She's only 21 now. And she is basically the next Pez is the only way I can describe it. Like, 137 red batting at number eight. Like, unreal. Um, Yeah, so it's going to be tough for England. There's no doubt about it. But hopefully they they put on a show, they entertain, getting the opportunity and to to play at the the big grounds. You know, these T20s that are coming up, Saturday at Edgebaston, then you've yeah. got Wednesday at the Oval, following Saturday at Lords. It's absolutely so good for the game. It's what the game needs. Um, 
And yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure this Women's Ashes has sold more tickets than definitely a Women's Ashes ever has before. Um, so it shows that they've got way more buy-in from, from fans and followers all over the country. So if they if they can win, I'd like to see them win at least two of the T20s to yeah. keep it interesting going into the ODIs. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm still dreaming of the repeat of 2005 with uh, England men's and women's Ashes open top bus parade. That would be, how good would that be? Just unreal. Hey. I'll be there. I'll be there. And I think you're right. I think you're right in saying like that England team, like they are full of quality. They've got every chance to go toe for toe against this Australian team. And they, they could obviously go ahead and, and beat them across those across those white ball games in order to win the Ashes. And similar to what this England men's team are doing. I mean, they're, they're, they're essentially one game down and they're on a bit of an uphill battle. But both of the teams possess the quality in order to be able to turn that around. So let's hope that, that both of them can can do what they need to do. Just finally, before we kind of clear off, there's another bit, and you can completely defer from this and turn around and say, Dan, I don't want to do it because it's a stupid idea. But I've got a cricket tea draft lined up. As in to... traditional cricket tea before COVID? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Proper, proper cricket tea. Five picks each. Obviously, I can't pick what you've picked and you can't pick what I've picked, et cetera, et cetera. That's kind of how a draft works, right? Well, so you know how draft work because I mean they're all happening in cricket. I know you can go first. Get on with it. <laughs> I can't look past a scone with jam and cream. Number one. That is a strong choice. That's a strong choice. I'm going to go savoury. I'm going to go like I'm going to go warm pizza, like hot, hot, actually hot pizza. I think that's I think that's where I'm going for my for my one. That's fair enough. Um, two chicken goujon. With garlic aioli dip. That's really specific. So specific, and yeah, I like you, you rock up to a club game and then you find out it's so and so's mum who's doing the tea, and you're like, <laughs> chicken and dip, come on, it's a win. Yeah. It's a win. I'm going rogue. I'm going watermelon. Oh, that is rogue. See, watermelon is probably one of the only fruits that. I don't find that palatable, so you can you can have your watermelon. I'm cool I'm, with I'm that. I'm having it. I'm taking it. I will go. I'll go strawberries. Hmm, healthy. It's a good yeah. choice. A summary as well. You can't go through an English summer without having a strawberry. Absolutely. I'm going three. I'm going to go like a proper Victoria sponge. Classic. Ooh. You know. Like someone's grandma's made it. It's amazing. It's the biggest thing on the table. And it's just like, just get on the plate. Get on the plate. Um, I will also go with a little bit rogue, also very specific. Little egg and cress sandwich. But it has to be brown bread. Has to be brown bread. This is the, yours, I'll tell you what, yours is looking kind of healthy. I'm not quite sure where mine's going at the moment, but and, but to be fair, I'm not going to eat the whole Victoria sponge. Where am I going at four? Whole four pizza, is, whole Victoria sponge. Please, much, I want to yeah. see it. And a slice of watermelon because you need one of your five a day, right? Um, oh, where am I going at four? Where am I going at four? I'm going for... I'm going to go for like... It's like a, like a chocolate kind of tray bake kind of thing. 
You know, one of those things that no one really needs to put any effort in. Just melt some chocolate, sling some stuff in it and break it all up and chuck it in a bowl. Lovely. Give me that. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, okay, yeah, my last one. Because anyone who knows me knows that, especially like if we've batted first, mm. then we're going out to field. I'm having sweets in my pocket. Um. So I am having... I'm having Haribo Tamfastics and Percy Pigs on a little... It's on a little... One of those little foil trays. They're yeah. all spread out. All the little... Like, sometimes they're in the packets, sometimes they're not, and they're just yeah. out, and you just jam them in your pockets. Off you go. I'm gutted. Unreal. Oh, sorry. I'm gutted. I wanted that at the five. For the exact same reason as well, as the fact you can just stand out there with your hands in your pockets, just like, just chowing down for the next kind of hour. It's... So, Yeah. I mean, grapes could be another option, but the second that you try and make some kind of diving stop, you end up with like a pocket full of wine and no one really needs that. Um, I'd love to see that, though. Well, just someone's like, just grapes, just like oozing their trouser legs. Yeah, it's possibly not red grapes with white trousers. I don't think that's really the one that you want to go for. Um, Where do I even go from here? I can't believe you've stolen it and it's, it's ruined my day. Let's just finish on... Let's just finish on a classic sausage roll. Let's just go for one of those. It's just there, and it? it's a staple. Like some, some are good. Some are bought in one of those like massive multi packs from the supermarket, <laughs> and then less good. But they're going to be there. So, is it? I've got a question. Yeah. Hot or cold sausage roll? What's your preference? Like uh, you can be specific. Would be, I feel like I'm yeah. The very preference. Specific. The preference would be warm, but but I realise the fact that beggars can't be choosers, and I'd just be grateful for any kind of cricketer at the moment. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I think you've got. I'm not going to say a well-balanced plate. I'm going to say no, it's not. No. a an interesting plate. I'd lo- I'd love to see it. I'd love to see a photo of you on Saturday <laughs> with all of those things being available to you and then yeah. you picking those five. Unreal. I would love to see we, that. I tell you what, you're not running very fast in the field afterwards, <laughs> but I do I do think you've won the whole thing by having those kind of Harry Bows at the end because that is that should have gone higher. I'm an idiot. Like watermelon should not have been the two. I should have just gone confectionery straight away, but it's not meant to be. I'll well, take that little steal. Yeah, I definitely think you've got it. Thanks very much, everybody, for listening. Appreciate your company over the last kind of fifty odd minutes or however long this was. Yeah, and hopefully you enjoyed it. Let us know if there's anything that you kind of want added, any thoughts, any any feedback on on any of the stuff. Um, give Joe a follow across her social media things as well. And um, assuming Joe wants to come back for another one, then then we'll see you in in some days' time. Yeah, it's been great fun. Um, echo your words. Thanks so much for listening. Got any suggestions? Any questions? Fire away. Glad to be here. Thanks, Dan. Podcast Network.